don't include this. I'm, I'm yeah, swallow it. your goddamn cookie. I'm not gonna. I mean, but I want to appreciate the cookie. I want to like it's a good cookie, and I'm having a good time eating it. I don't care about your good cookie. I have video games to talk about. I've got a clean mouth now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spiritual Successor, a comedy video game design podcast where we review cookies and sometimes talk about video games. (laughs) But we're not doing either of those to start the show today, actually. How's it going? I'm your other host, AJ Hart. This is my other (laughs) other host, Blake Rea. Blake, I need to talk to you about something that we were talking about just before the show. Was it and, hot, was it hot Dig you know, Dug guy? Because we were because we found out Dig Dug the official art for Dig Dug. It's just a hot dad that in mech. It's armor. a hot dad that looks like a Gundam character. No, please stop trying to derail me and steal my thunder, <laughs> okay, Blake Rea. We need to talk about. See, at the beginning of every episode, we have to talk, think, and you know, what's our cold open going to be? What are we going to do to fill the first ten minutes of useless garbage? Okay, and okay. you know, of course, everyone's going to be talking about the Olympics and their music. And I thought about using that one today because I was like, "Haha, funny video games are in like the social zeitgeist right now." Uh-huh. But fuck that. Yeah, you brought to my attention something much more important, and that is, of course, the Fry Force Nacho Fries commercial from Taco Bell, which, have, which, of course, as we all know now, is the Taco Bell universe Nacho Fry cinematic universe anime about mechas fighting kaiju's. So wait, now, real, real quick, hold on, hold on. For those that don't know, because we do have some international listeners, I have no idea if people know what a fuck a taco. Taco Bell is. So Taco Bell is is a fast food chain that sells very just kind of low grade but delicious uh Mexican food and amazing sodas. You might have heard of Baja Blast. Uh they are Fuck, the Do we have to get that granular? I, I mean, mean, yeah, you're right. I don't know what they've got overseas. Bro, we don't want to be we, do we do we want to be the dumb Americans that's like yeah, our world is is the world that exists, and everybody should know that. We're or do about we, to talk we, about the <laughs> fucking Nacho Fries cinematic universe. I don't know if we can possibly get more dumb American, Blake Ray. <laughs> um, so, for the, okay, so now you know what Taco Bell is. The marketing campaign... Um, no, the Taco nacho Bell- fries are fries that have nacho <laughs> seasoning functionally. And instead of them being di- given you with a nacho dip or with a normal with- fry dip, you're given nacho sauce. Yes. Now, here's where things get interesting because like, oh, look, it's some dumbass, stupid f- like food that somebody that was super high came up with. But As it's so with good, dude. most items on the Taco Bell menu. Thank you, Taco Bell. But here's where it gets wild. The nacho fries ad campaign has always been somehow tied to a, a it's cinematic so extra. vibe it's the like first they time go nacho hard on those on those yeah. ads like they make like full like movie and, and, and i don't know if i i don't know if i'm they crazy get, for saying they this. make movie trailers the very first nacho fries trailer was a dystopian sci-fi future wherein nasty bold flavorless taco bell <laughs> took over the world uh-huh. and so a bunch of revolutionaries came up from the groundworks from the pipes from the rustic dirt piles and said hey y'all the future is nacho and so then and that was the nacho fries original tagline and we have to assume because we nobody saw these real movies that that's what the first movie the first nacho fries movie was yeah is a sci-fi dystopian series about people rising up and maybe one would assume they would be creating the nacho fries and bringing them to power but 
And this is where the Nacho Fries cinematic universe gets interesting because the second year that Nacho Fries appeared, when Nacho Fries came back, we discovered possibly the origin of Nacho Fries, which was a small town wherein the guy, the older kid from Stranger Things just moved to this town. He said goodbye to Nacho Fries and then became haunted by Nacho Fries. Now, this was in current day, current day and age, not mm-hmm. not future cyberpunk dystopia. When In the future hellscape of the Nacho Fries cinematic universe, there's the future cyberpunk world, but then there's this current story that happened last year that takes place in our current timeline, our current time existence. And now it seems that we've jumped back into the dystopian future to look at the the giant monsters attacking the cool cyberpunk city, but they will be stopped by giant robots. I don't know how the nacho fries really tie in there yet. Other than just everybody loves eating them. I honestly don't know because the, the trailer was really confusing. So, like, I guess... I'm going to give you a plot synopsis. Which trailer, Blake? We have uh, okay. three of them that we're talking I'm, about. I'm talking get, about, I'm talking are you talking about, the, about the Craving? Are you talking about Fry Force? Or are you talking about the future is Nacho? I'm talking about Fry Force, which is the mecha mm-hmm, mm-hmm. trailer for Nacho Fries. And I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but here's a plot synopsis for the Taco Bell food item fake movie trailer. I could give you the I could give you the YouTube description actually because it's way better than anything I could possibly imagine. Sh- sure. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> When Ray's brother, Kosuke, is taken by nacho fry devouring monsters, Ray must push through her hunger and lead the Fry Force, an elite squad of mecha pilots, to keep the monsters at bay. When the monsters unexpectedly overtake the team, Ray finds herself face to face with her long lost brother. Now that he's consumed by a primal hunger for nacho fries, Ray must decide what she's willing to sacrifice in order to save nacho fries and the world. Okay, so then here's what we do know about nacho fries. They have a certain level of vile craveability. This is, of course, what our main character in The Craving is haunted by, and it sounds like it's what our good friend... Kosuke is also being haunted and possessed by in the Fry Force. See, this so. is weird because it implies that nacho fries are like can take you over. They're like <laughs> a, they're like they're like a pri- there's like a primeval force to them that's like, hey, eat fries, do bad. And the bold of nacho Taco fries Bell. are a cursed and vengeful item. They will always be back. They will always cause harm, and they will always possess somebody we know why, this about why nacho make an fries. ad about that then like taco bell <laughs> taco bell's like hey we uh, don't eat our shit because it's evil actually hey, when you pitch it like that that our makes me want to so eat it i do up and <laughs> nasty it will do damage to you psychologically and turn you into a bad guy <laughs> bad guys eat nacho but fries we, that's a pretty good but ba- we at least have like we have some common themes right we again the, the craving and Fry Force are both about the the horrible psychic damage that Nacho Fries can do to you. I think that's what makes the first one so interesting is that the people didn't know that. The people just wanted something exciting out of their horrible dystopia. They wanted – the future was Nacho. The future was chaos. The future was creativity and violence. This is so weird. That, is it – I, I, I'm confused on like what the goal of it was. Is it like – okay, so you're going to the future as Nacho, right? This is This is about them uprising and like trying to, to overthrow this like – Fucking overthrow the government, basically. That's 
trying to quiet them like 1984 style but does it turn out that the people that are like controlling them 1984 style knew how fucking dangerous nacho fries is and are like no we need to protect the people but we're gonna look like bad guys to them i i don't get that why is that I happening have- why is it happening on a food on a two dollar food item aj they yeah, put no, no, they put th- thousands of dollars well, into this anime and it looked good it looked good it was a cool gundam anime that i would it's a cool mech anime that i I, I would legitimately to wa- would watch. A dude grabbed a Taco Bell sign and used it as a hammer. How cool is that? Why did they do that? Why did they put so much money into it? <laughs> um, for capitalism reasons. The same reason why fucking Colonel Sanders made a dating game. Because because tragically, we now understand that fast food companies can just kind of look and vague post about anime and we'll be all over it. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at us. We're part of the problem. We're talking about the Fry Force anime now. Yeah, you're right. Com- We're the part Fry of Force the anime problem. Commercial. This whole this whole nine minutes was an invisible sales pitch for nacho fries. We've been doomed. I'm just really curious about the fact that Taco Bell really has, an, in their most two recent ad campaigns for nacho fries, kind of been like, yeah, this shit will make you a problem to those that you care about. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel something after eating nacho fries. I wouldn't say it's evil. I, I'd say I feel like shit. I say I I feel lethargic. Yeah, and, but Blake, and I've been around you anything. after you've eaten nacho fries, and like you kind of are like kind of a huge dick bag. Actually, after you eat nacho fries. Oh shit! Do I, I get like really mean on our, on our group chat after eating nacho yeah, fries? Because like, I do. I do text like, every say time I eat. So it. many mean things. You'll be like, oh. "Oh man, I'm taking the world's fattest dookie. I wish I was dookieing <laughs> it on your house right now." And I'm like, "Blake, what are you talking about?" And he'll be like, "Oh, I'm a spicy boy now, and I say mean things. Fuck you." And I'm like, "Blake, knock it off." <laughs> I do have a couple vivid memories after you go, you and I go into Taco Bell, and you get like a Baja Blast, and then a, and some nacho fries. And about five minutes after eating it, you just say a slur. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Alright, let's let's fucking talk about video games. You got a video game for me? This one comes from Caleb Personal Pan Martin at Isithius. Open world Animorphs RPG. Okay, so what are you picturing? It's because it, I I only know Animorphs because I saw the book covers at the Scholastic Book Fair when I was a child. And I just saw, wow, that's a really badly photoshopped child turning into a an iguana. You liar. You thought it was dope because we all thought it was dope. No, I mean, I didn't think it was cool until I watched like Teen Titans where I saw Beast Boy doing it. And I'm like, oh, that guy's fucking awesome. And, but, but before <laughs> then, it was up. just like, yeah, yeah, he it woke me up. But before then, I was just like, this looks cheesy. This looks, I don't know. I don't know much about Animorphs because I didn't read it because I was too busy at that point in my life reading shit like the Warrior Cats books. Because mm. like the Animorphs was like, check it out. There are people that could turn to animal animals. And like Warrior Cats was like, we're animals all the time. Come check us out. And I was like, don't mind if I do. (laughs) So, Um, but here's what I do know about Animorphs is they can all turn into animals because an alien chose them and I guess gave them the power to turn into animals. And if they, they can only turn into an animal that they have touched. And if they stay in an animal form for too long, they get turned into that animal forever and they can never change back. And that happened to one that happened to one of the homies in the book series. Whoa, um, that's terrifying! Actually, that reminds me of yeah. uh, it reminds me of Brave. Uh, remember that uh, the the Pixar animated movie where the mom? It is like- kind of like Brave. Yeah, mm-hmm. she, she well, see, she turned into a bear and almost got turned into a bear forever. Um, uh-huh. In the Animorphs, the person that got turned into an animal forever got turned into a hawk, I believe. 
And I like mean, that would oh, suck because you don't have hands. Wait, and hold on. Could you of imagine all, an existent anim- with no? I mean, like, have you ever seen like how hawks can like pick? I mean, I have birds, so like they they use them like hands. Like they can balance on one foot while they eat with the other. I mean, like of all animals to be stuck in permanently, I don't know. A hawk ain't that bad. You just you're flying about. You're eating fish or you know small mice. You're enjoying the peaceful life of the of the skies. Maybe I mean it all depends. Do they have? This is going to sound fucked up. Do they have memory of when they were a human? Yeah, I believe that they still are people. They just uh, turned into an animal for a little bit. No, I or mean, forever. Okay. Oh, oh god. Okay. Oh, you're talking about kind of... when Tobias got turned into a hawk. Yeah, he still remembered being a human. He's just oh. trapped in his horrible hawk form forever. Uh, I mean. Yeah, and he that, thinks that to himself, like- man, I remember when I used to look forward to things like soccer tournaments and ping pong and being able to do backflips and I mean, eating lasagna. And now that I'm a bird, if I eat lasagna, I'll die probably. <laughs> so, and okay. like, a bird can't even think about soccer. Have you ever seen a bald eagle get hit with a soccer ball? Me neither, but I cannot imagine <laughs> it's a pretty sight. So okay, so okay, but we're on to something here. So what you gave me right now is stakes. So what this tells me is this is a mission-based game, like most missions, like you and I were playing Monster Hunter on the Discord the other day. There is a time limit for your hunt. You have 50 minutes to hunt this monster. What this tells me is is every mission that you do in this world, the time limit represents your like life. So it'll be like if you don't complete this mission in X amount of time in your animal form, you're going to be stuck in that animal form forever. And that could be represented by maybe permadeath where it's like, oh, this character that you had that you've put sunk hundreds upon hundreds of hours of missions and customization. I think the character final- becomes locked. I don't think the character dies. I'm very interested in this idea, though, of this like druid style video game where you're running around, you turn into an animal and you start fighting. If you don't turn back before the timer is up, you're trapped as that animal forever. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and load in some more animals into this world. Uh, we'll keep Monster Hunter as our backbone for a minute. So let's just propagate some animals. We've got bears, we've got eagles, we've got rabbits, and we've got foxes. We'll just use those as our baseline right now. What about fish? All those animals. There has to be animal some, or animal Yeah, fish, you're right. right. And some fish. Yeah, right, yeah, you could yeah. Be a, you could be a swordfish. You could be a bear. You could be a hawk. Or you could be uh, quickly. I mean, that's all three. A fox. A fox. Something, okay, cool. something yeah. small and sprightly. Something some small. But, the, of course, there would be, like, many, many more, like, League of Legends style, where you have, like, a hundred character roster of some shit. There's a lot of animals. Yeah, we're going to propagate so many animals into this. And every animal will have different stats and stuff. But in order for you to be able to turn into an animal, you got to sneak up on it and touch it. You have to get. You have to make oh. contact, contact because I believe that's how you d- discern what you can turn into again next time, right? So does this? If game... I touched a bear mm. until I touch another animal, I can only transform into a bear and a hu- human. And then so, if I touch, like, say, a fish, now I can transform between fish and human. Quick question. But so once this... I transform, that timer starts, and I need to come back before that timer goes. Otherwise, I will lock my character in that form forever mm. and lose all of my time. Mm-hmm. So, well, I will lose the ability to be any other animal. The character is still playable. Yeah, but you will be kind of like, okay, so stick with me here. I think what would be really interesting is I feel like you can really make a cool game that shows the life of a person in the Animorphs world. So, like, the beginning of the game is, like, just like Final Fantasy, before you pick, like, a, a class or a skill or what actually you do pick your class at the, at the beginning of the game, but you can, like, go into other things. Um 
you start the game as just a regular human, and the opening of the game is you exploring, going to towns, going to different biomes, and seeing all of the different animals you could become. And then there will become like you start, you go through a little bit of the story, which takes you around the world. And then at some point early on in the game, in the story, you have to pick an animal. So you get like an assignment go find an animal to turn into for this upcoming mission that requires you to be an animal. Because you need to go, like, find this animal to... I mean, again, like, I don't know much about Animorphs, so I don't know if it's, like, a situation where, like, do they commune with this animal and then the animal gives them these abilities? Or is it, like... They, no, you know, there's no up. communing. They touch the animal, they can transform into it. It so, is that simple. <laughs> so an, <the> alien, <laughs> an alien came down and said, check this out, team. Touch the frog. Bam! You can turn into a frog now. And I guess the kids just moved on with their lives. I have no idea what the bad guy in Animorphs is. Maybe uh, it's an evil alien that turns an e- animals into people? <laughs> I'm picturing this like it's it's very much an all for one versus one for all sort of thing. Where it's yeah, like there's you- an evil alien and there's a cool alien. And the evil <laughs> alien says, "Check it out! I turned a bull. Check it out! I turned an alligator into a human. He's gonna run around and try to eat people." So are you? And telling then the good me- aliens like, "No, no, no! I have a group full of teenagers that can now turn into nice animals." So are you like, telling me this is I like d- Overwatch style where there's very clear good guys and there's very clear bad guys and you can choose which side to join? So it'll okay, be like, here we okay. go. Let's okay. do this. Yeah. It is a five v five bat like arena game. The you will get a roster of five characters. Well, we'll go ahead and bump that roster up to twelve characters. However mm-hmm. many animorphs there are, and there will be good animorphs and bad animorphs. They're all intermingled, but you get twelve animorphs. Mm-hmm. Each animorph can load into the game, and you only have one skill button, and that skill button is transform into animal. And uh-huh. then once you're in animal, you have like things like punch and run and every animal gets one special thing. Mm-hmm. But if you stay transformed in as an animal for too long, then your player your your character on your roster will lose the ability to transform back to a human or into any other animal ever again. The arena will have all sorts of different animals in the arena that you can then decide to go up and grab. So uh-huh. let's say you and it's a battle arena. I pick Jeremy, and Jeremy can turn into a bullfrog right at the beginning. But I'm running through the game, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done with bullfrog. It seems a little bit disadvantageous. I'm gonna see if I can't like go ahead and turn into bullfrog, jump around a little bit, see if I can't snag me a pigeon. Because uh-huh. if I can turn into a pigeon, then I can fly around, and give my team better contact support or like some nice support eyes on the air type gameplay. But again, if I stay if I keep Jeremiah as a bullfrog for more than 3 minutes, Jeremiah will lock as a bullfrog. And the next time I play this game, when I load up my roster, Jeremiah is a frog forever. I will never be able to change him back because I overused his ability. The okay. rest of my roster, totally fine. The rest of my roster is still kids that can turn into animals. I just fucked up so bad on Jeremy. He's locked forever. Now, I know you're wondering, Blake, or Blake, you're probably thinking, AJ, but characters are going to overuse their powers all the time isn't that going to lock them out of gameplay absolutely but don't worry we're going to sell it back to them (laughs) $9.99 you get your character back into a human Uh, baby do you do you mind if we go on to another game because i'm like i feel like we got this but i'm also like i'm also like "Eh." yeah hit me with another game 
this one comes to us from the real boy land at Nomono31. Three dog night, and it's spelled with a K. So I've been on, like, the fucking, like, night train ever since I saw, like, the trailers for Green Knight. I don't know if you've seen any of that stuff. Actually, hey, have you seen that stuff? Because I know you're a huge Arthurian legend, dude, especially because your wife is Yeah, I've King seen Arthur. the trailers. I know that it's out in theaters, like, this Friday. Uh-huh. I know that it's it's about Gawain, which is like Gawain and the Green Knight is one of my favorite Canterbury tales. It's so really? it's such a fun legend. Yeah, really? I didn't know that, dude. Hell yeah! It, it was one that like it was one of the few ones that like my language arts professor took like an extended amount of time reading and like telling. Uh-huh. And me and a bunch of friends just had a lot of fun with it. It's a really fun story. Like, like this evil green knight shows up and he's like, I would like to challenge someone. And all the roundtable knights are like, no, I'm good, actually. I'm going to sit this one out. To the point that, like, King Arthur's like, ah, I guess I'll do it. And then Gawain has to stand up. He's like, look, 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 wait, 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 wait. Okay, good. Guys, 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 guys. Now, none of us want to have the challenge with this guy where his whole gimmick is that we get to swing an axe at him as hard as we can. And then he's going to come back and do it to us in a year. Like, none of us want to do that. But we can't let King Arthur do it. So I guess I'll do it. And then Gawain gets stuck in a horrible grand adventure. It's so funny to me. It is like the the pinnacle of like the unwanting hero that's like, no, actually the idea of your cool hit you with an axe as hard as I can mini game sucks shit. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so let me pitch you on this then because this is I, – I was thinking about that and I'm like – what if this is a game and it's a strictly three player game where you are all controlling the same character? So imagine Gawain doing the Green Knight thing, but it's three adorable corgis in a suit of knight armor that are trying I was to about get. To ask, well- are you proposing three dogs in a trench coat, but it's a suit of armor? <laughs> it's three dogs in a trench coat trying to become part of the round table. How fucking okay. cute would that be? But then they I go like on this. That. They go on this wild, crazy adventure, but it, it becomes this game where you guys, of course, like one person controls attacks, one person controls movement and the other one controls i don't know what else um something that affects like maybe they they have the gun you have the corgi gun you have the the <laughs> the gun corgi the sword corgi and the movement corgi and you have to basically team effort this platforming and maybe top down adventure like it, it looks a lot like gungeon basically so like this uh, not arena brawler but like this top down maybe bullet hell slash sword hell and you're just going through becoming the best knight like this, the Golden Knight, maybe, because Corgi's are adorable. I do love and golden. this idea of a top down, like, because, like, we've, we've all seen, like, top down roguelikes that are like, oh, enter the gungeon, a second character comes in, and the second player controls the second one. Or, uh, what's that one where you're, like, the, the wizards, and, like, you, Gun if wizard? you load in a second character, no, not gun wizards. There's a roguelike where you're oh. a bunch of wizards and you get a bunch of cool spells. But if you oh, load in I a second know. character, they are still just controlling a second wizard. But you're proposing a game that is this same top-down bullet hell action game. And if I sit say I want to play with a second player, that second player is still using the same unit I am. They're just controlling a different part of that character. Yes, and now let me add a little bit of extra spice to it. Because you and I are playing It Takes Two on the Suck channel right now. It's a grand time, and one of my favorite things about it is that even though you and I are, play- are playing remotely, we can still see each other's screens. Now imagine we do this game where there's sections where... It's y- the- same screen 
Always. Well, hold on. No, no, no. Stick with me. Stick with me. So it's it's always the shared – I mean not always, but it, for a mass majority of it, it's a shared screen where you are all like – it's the, the characters in the center of the screen or moving around this room or whatever. But then there will be these sections of this game where like maybe a big monster hammers down on you and it sends all three of the corgis flying in different directions and then the screen splits. So the platforming corgi is in a platforming level while the other corgis are like doing a gun-based or a sword-based thing. And you can all see the same action because you're trying to get to the end of the level so you can all you know reconvene and then maybe you could do a thing where it's like hey i know i really love platforming you love beating the shit out of things so let's say like maybe it's, it's zelda in the four swords yeah so it's like it's there, some- there are moments mm-hmm. where the dogs have to separate and then like i love this idea that you would still see all three of the things so maybe yes. like the screen kind of like creates three little partitions yes so you yes. see all three of the dogs but if the left like you as the players get to decide which out row you take i'm in mm-hmm. love with this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there can be other things where it'll be different combinations where it goes like Halo style where like the screen's top, uh, cut in half top to bottom. So it'll be like, hey, the platforming dog is, um, you know, got separated and the other and then now it's just the sword and gun person still still together trying to hunt down the third dog. So you can do this now, thing. Would where you it- be able to choose the order, right? Like if I if three people load in, they can choose how they stack up, correct? Uh, how do you mean? Like, it's like, are well, like, you talking like Tiki Head say, style where it's like m- movements yeah. on bot? I mean, I don't think it really changes anything unless it's like, I, I I don't necessarily see how that would work out mechanically unless there was a fucking gear system, which actually sounds really hey, fun. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I was imagining this take something like an Enter the Gungeon where like it's a roguelike where mm-hmm. you go through and you would get different little items and toys and tools. But mm-hmm. then you like the tools and things that you get are randomized. So maybe I'm we're going through and like Holy I was shit, playing actually. as the gun dog. But uh-huh, what's this? Uh-huh. I got rollerblades to drop. So it's like hey, I think I need to be on bottom now because I have doggy rollerblades and you don't. Oh, and that's going to be a huge oh, help to us. So it'll be like you have to swap roles. So it's like I, w- I was really enjoying the platforming, but you're the dog that got the rollerblades. So it's like, I guess we should put AJ in bottom. And then I that means I need to get good at the sword because I love that because it's like I feel games that toss you that allow you to get comfortable have in my opinion, a, it can sometimes get boring because it'll be like, oh, this is what I know I'm good at, so I'm going to stick with this, and there's nothing that really forces you to mix it up. I think a good example of this is um, I love using the same loadout in most games, but when I play mm-hmm. Hades... Because you're a it, schmuck and you fall paraded, you know, <laughs> if it ain't broke, routine. don't fix it. Yeah, yeah, but when I was playing Hades, it rewards you for trying out different weapons, like you get bonus... And, like, there are certain weapons that are highlighted um, before you do a run that'll be like, hey, this gives you X thing if you do a run with this, or it gives you more XP or more whatever. And I'm like, I think that this is beyond just, like, oh, you're incentivized to shuffle up. No, you're forced, like- you, you are forced to go into a role if it benefits the team that you are in that role. Like, and you there have, can even be you know. parts that aren't even, like, it's not even that, like, oh, it's better now. Like, we can even have bosses that, like, make the ground glow a certain color and only that do- the dog with that color of collar is immune to it, right? Only the dog with the oh. red co- collar can stand on the lava pits. Oh. Only the dog with the blue collar can swim. And, like, so- we, we use that to constantly make sure that our players are shuffling up their stack. Let me pitch you on something. Does that mean at any given point there is a button on everybody's controller that'll allow them to jump off of the corgi stack? Yes, so be there's like, a jump button, yeah. and if they yes. jump onto each other, they stack. 
Yes. Okay, and then that that way they basically, anytime they jump onto this stack, their movement controls are basically nullified and go to the person on, to the corgi on bottom. So, Correct. So I, I love this, and you know what? This is a perfect backdrop to be like, in the Gungeon, it's like each floor represents a new level, and then the bosses mix up. What if we did this thing where it's like, you are, you start at like the round table, and you're basically go, you're, you always start there and maybe like between levels you can talk to people or like get updates or something. This is straight up ripping from Hades, you know, cause like at between runs you can talk to people. Imagine like talking to all of the, ra- the, the round table nights and they're just commenting on your journey thus far. And they're either like ripping <laughs> on you or like, you know, King Arthur's like, I don't know if he's impatient or like you're talking to, I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know anything about the, the round table. So I know no names. <laughs> Um, well, we got all of our favorites. We got Arthur. We got Gawain. We got we have Percival. Astolfo. We got Lancelot. Nope, Astolfo <laughs> is one of the Knights of Charlemagne, Paladins of Charlemagne. Oh, shit. Good. Oh shit! But he Those is in different. the Fate Grand Order series, so that's okay. I'll give you a point because that's probably why you know that name at all is because of me. Um. <laughs> so, but like, and then each maybe it's like you're the top of this thing is like you are looking at this big map or this big map of this ever-changing realm that you're constantly journeying into. So, like, this is this... They don't know that you're a bunch of corgis. Like, that's kind of the, yeah, the they, narrative Yeah, they think it. that you're just, like, a knight on a tiny yeah. horse because Trying to the prove bottom themselves. corgi is dressed up like a, like a horse. Yeah. <laughs> the middle corgi is dressed up like a pair of pants and the top corgi is dressed up like a knight. Yeah, like a night torso. Yep, yep, yep. And then, oh my god, that's adorable because like. So, the- what are we imagining as like the the adventure of this game? Is it a roguelike where you're going through one big grand journey? Is it three different roguelike dungeons? Thinking, think like Moonlighter, right? In Moonlighter, yeah. it's a roguelike, but there's three different roguelike dungeons you go to, which I, I thought was a really charming way to structure a game. That way, because you can choose what you want to do first. I you like choose that. which one you want to do first. Yeah, I like that because, and especially because it's three dungeons. I'm wondering at the end of each dungeon is some relic or like some piece of some like each at the at the core of every dungeon is a is a um an enchanted collar or something. And that's the narrative of this game is that you need to go to each of these dungeons and get all three of these collars to access the final dungeon. And basically that's where like the whole showdown happens. What if, you become like, what this- if it's not the dungeon key thing? What if you're bringing back things that should be at King Arthur's court? So like one dungeon you're playing has fetch it. for King Arthur. You're you are literally fetch fetching for King Arthur. Things. Yeah. yeah, like King Arthur's like, I don't know what happened to my cool sword Excalibur. Can you help me out, dogs? And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us go grab that. And then like they're like, oh, cool, thanks. Hey, the the whole ass round table is gone. Like I don't know, maybe a giant threw it like a frisbee. So could you just go hunt that one down for us too? And you're AJ, like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Let's go grab the whole I round st- table. I straight up have the name for this game. It's literally just called Fetch Quest. <laughs> it's just it, it fits so well um I, i'm i'm in love with this game i want to put a pin in it um i i am really in love with this but give, give me another game yeah let me grab you a third one let me fetch you another game Ugh, die <laughs> <All right. laughs> good joke aj everybody <laughs> laughed <laughs> This one comes to us from ARP 1033. My entire life, I have been hunted by a monster truck. AJ, this is a life simulator. All the Sims, 
you know, where you're going through your life and you're trying to basically ma- actually, I think this was like a Game Boy game where like you just dra- graduated from high school and you move into like your parent, your uncle's like fucking backyard and you're just you're basically broke at the beginning of the game so Uh i'm picturing some sort of like life management game or life sim but there is this horror element where there is always a monster truck on the prowl hunting you through your life so i'm trying to figure out what is the balance of okay i need to go work my job but I also don't know where the monster truck is. Could that monster truck be waiting for me at my job? Huh. I have a date tonight with this really, really kind person that I'm really excited to hang out with. But then I haven't heard from them in a while. Were they killed by a monster truck? I know exactly what this game is. How familiar are you with, um, I, I guess the, the staple that I want to use to like as like the thing that gets us here is the infamous two did this and also Majora's Mask did this where you would begin, you would finish a chapter of the game or some allotment of time would happen and then it would say we would have a black screen and in Majora's Mask it would be like dawn of the second day. And in Infamous 2, I believe you would get a giant black screen that says three days until the beast arrives. Which is an ominous thing that happens through that's most of fucking, the game. That's yeah, insanely ominous. It, for, for a lot in Infamous 2, they only vague post about what the beast is, but you're given this constant bump of like two days until the beast arrives. It rips. Infamous 2 is one of the coolest games. But this, what I want to focus on is this idea of like a countdown. What if this uh-huh. is a life a life center countdown? And like maybe we don't even bury it. The game is titled I've been hunting by a monster truck my entire life. But you start the game and it says 726 days until the truck gets here. And it is a life sim as you go live your character's life out. You try to find fulfilling relationships. It's a Harvest Moon type game. You know what I mean? You're farming. You're making friends. You're selling. You're making money. But in the back of your mind, 200 days until the monster truck arrives. Oh, God. I, we're I, under I a year like, left, I, baby. No, I feel like you should go a little bit more vague posty about it. It's like the engine starts in 367 days or something. Or how many days are in a year? I don't know. Hey, Ren, I, know, I, I hey, love Ren, the idea of the engine what, what, starts what, in 300 days. One, one second, then, one second. I'm calling out somebody very specific. Rin, I love you. I care for you very deeply. Don't at me on Facebook about how I'm wrong about something. I get that. Every episode. I love you. But stop. (laughs) Sorry, Blake Blake is narrow casting to specifically one dear friend of ours. (laughs) A very dear friend who I care about very, very much. But they also, we got a lot of JoJo's things wrong, I guess, last week or two weeks ago. And it was very. (laughs) What are you complaining about now? What what are you worried about us getting wrong? Harvest Moon or. No, I was. I said I have no no idea how many days are in a year because when we're podcasting. 356. Is it 356? I thought it was 365. No, 365. 365. It's 365 days in a year. You know how I know that? Because when I was growing up, we had Disney's 365, which was a daily Disney Channel news network. Never heard of that, but... Uh, That's so all right. <laughs> Dis- Disney Channel taught me things, buddy. Like how many days there are in a year. So 365 days, the engine starts. 
or the engine yes. starts in, in X amount of days. So it's just like, okay, you don't necessarily know what the hell that means. But maybe, maybe it's even less than engine. Maybe it's the wheels start turning in 365 Ooh, days. The wheel, the wheel turns in 365 days. And, and so you, you go like, through your Harvest Moon game, and you're like, I don't know what that is. And then like the next thing is like the roar of an engine, the squealing of tires, Ooh. the beast arrives in 365 days. And now you have... You should do these things of like... Okay, okay, stick with me. St- stick with me here. So this is a game you're going to play more than once. And here's the reason why. There is this game out there. I think it's called Seven Days to Die. At the beginning of the game, it says that a giant zombie horde is going to attack your home in seven days. So you can choose whatever you want to do with those seven days. You can collect food. You can build up your defenses. You can collect resources to make bigger blueprints or weapons. So your first time playing this game is going to just be doing a life sim. And obviously, you're not going to be prepared for this fucking monster truck to come in and ruin your life. But there are going to be these hints uh, throughout the year. It'll be like, oh, you have this beautiful little garden, but there are these giant monster truck treads going through it. What the fuck? You're going to get a lot of weird things. But, of course, you're maybe it's just like you're expecting something, but you're not expecting something to come kill you and end your game right then and there. Yeah, what I want to dial in on is like, you know, Harvest Moon has this whole running gimmick of like, your grandfather has given you this uh, land. You need to make it good within a year. Can we do that, but with higher stakes, with a bigger threat? There is something coming to get you. Let me pitch you on something. The whole opening of this game, the, the I mean, the first run of this game is actually a prologue. So this is going <laughs> to be th- th- this is going to be a revenge tale. So imagine like the grandpa from Stardew Valley, but you found out like the letter that he gave you is like it was forged and it was written by a monster truck that just wanted to get you somewhere remote. Yeah, I killed your father and I kill you next. The time is uh, three hundred sixty-five days. We shall have our 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 dance or whatever signed you know, so grave like, digger yeah so, <laughs> that's the only monster truck i know um actually there's that I, one that looks like a cat like the, the uh, big, there's also the, bigfoot there's bigfoot that's fucking awesome so okay so the first run of this game is like you think it's just a fun little life simulator but then we just like out of nowhere you get fucking killed and it'll and then the second part of this game is like years later all of the things that you've built all the relationships you've managed they're all old now so like years have passed but then you are the inheritor of this person's like ranch or estate or something I don't know why so long happened before that communication happened but this is like you get to pick up the pieces of your old life. Oh, I love this idea of like like the bonds that you had as your character in the beginning that is now dead still kind of affecting the bonds that you would then be trying to create. Yeah. And I guess that's that's just really interesting to me because like my current day job, I'm working at a place that like my dad, my grandfather and my uncle and my cousin all work at. And so mm-hmm. like everyone that I interact with knows somebody in my family and as yeah. such like re- like regards me in a level of like positivity and familiarity that is f- quite frankly a little bizarre because I'm like mm-hmm. I like yeah you guys have worked with my dad for like the last 26 years but like Y'all don't know me. Yeah, well, I I love that because what that tells me is in this game is like you can form these relationships in your first run of the game and how you build those relationships affects how they treat your follow-up character like this person's grandkid. So it'll be like if you were a complete asshole to this one dude decades ago, they might not be super nice to your to your grandkid when they come around. Or mm-hmm, it'll, mm-hmm. or maybe it's the opposite where it's like they 
you get this heart-wrenching scene where it'll be like the, you're talking, your second generation character's talking to the person that your first character was mad at. And then you find out, like, what was the actual effect of your actions decades past that moment. It'll be like, yeah, they decided to not sell me or they decided not to help me when my ranch was going under. So I basically, like, I lost everything. And now I'm just yeah, like... Yeah, they I'm, didn't like my dad, so they wouldn't give me the rail the road spikes that I was going to use to stop the monster truck in the final confrontation or at least like it came at a very heavy price are you imagining something like that well i i think there's something really powerful about one a revenge tale it'll be like hey you're coming back to this town with revenge in your heart and i think there are so many stories that play into that of how like revenge basically can erode your own humanity of like oh nothing else matters no other relationship matters because i'm here to fucking get my revenge on this monster truck, but then you like your heart is kind of melted by the people that your family has affected very much in the vein of what you were talking about. It's like you, these people have never met you. Or, Can I mean, you like, imagine? <laughs> Sorry. I'm now in love with this idea of like this harvest moon, like rune factory type quaintness in this small town of people that are just excited to meet their new neighbor. And you're like, have you guys seen the monster trucks? And they're like, no, dude, you want some seeds to grow some corn? And he's like, thank you very much. This income will be benefactory in my hunt to gain money so that I may buy a gun to stop a monster truck. And they're like, bruh. What are you fucking talking chill. about? Like, what are you talking? What are you fucking talking about? Like, that's cool. You need because- to slow down, champ. We're doing turtle races down by the beach tomorrow let night. Me- you want to come vibe? How- let me pitch you on a character that I actually would fall in love with. Because if this is like a small town, what if this monster truck is this small town's cryptid? So like, nobody believes in this fucking myth of like, yeah, there's no monster <laughs> truck out in the forest. What are you talking about? But then there's this one kid, like the fr- maybe the friend you get along the way that like teaches you everything is like i've been studying monster trucks ever since i was a baby i like i witnessed your grandpa's murder when i was four years old <laughs> you know just something like really out there and it, it but just the idea of this of gravedigger being a cryptid for this small town that killed your grandpa or like killed you but in a pre in like your first run through of the game like also one thing i want to talk about how like real would your like, there are games that talk about, like, oh, I need to get revenge on the person that wronged me or, you know, like, they stole something from me. How often do you actually really identify with those emotions? Like, how often do you believe them? Like, let's look at a game like Sekiro, which is, like, at the beginning of the game, your kid is stolen. Excuse you. He's not just a kid, and it, would, it is wrong of you to refer to him as my kid. That is my lord, my <laughs> okay. king, my savior, my lord. Either way, do you as a player have genuine emotional care for that? And do you feel like you are trying to do something that you yourself care about? I don't think so, because you haven't had enough time to develop that relationship and that care. Now, picture you go through like three hours, four hours of gameplay going through this one year, building up this 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 relationship with your community and all of these things that you've built with your own hands. And then somebody comes and just fucking melted away and kills you i love this idea because like what we're also giving them in this first three hours is a super fast version of what the rest of the game is it's Mm -hmm. sort of like that like 
that prologue moment in a lot of action games where you're given kind of all the tools in the toolbox to go crazy with. And then yeah. after about an hour worth of gameplay, they'll take it away from you. Uh, mm-hmm. Some The two points that I have that do that are uh, Yakuza 1 does that. And then Maple Story, one of the co- like additional characters they gave you, did something like that. Those are the only doesn't, two touchstones that I have that did that, something wait, no, like that. Wait, no, it doesn't uh, Darksiders do that. Like the opening of Darksiders, uh, where you play as War, he has all of his abilities in like the first chapter, right? Is there a prologue and to Darksiders? I'm pretty sure there was, because I remember watching you play it and like the beginning <gasps> yes, of the game. Yes, you're right. Yeah. yeah, you are given a bunch, like your spells are extra strong and you're able to pop into your ultimate mode way early and you can throw yeah. cars right from the yeah. get. Yes, you're right. And then and then, then it's like, a, I think, a flashback at that point where it's like, hey, what led you to this moment? Or it's like, well, actually, it, I think you're, that's like the coming of the apocalypse. And then you get all your powers robbed from you and your sword's way weaker. And then you're put back at the beginning of the actual game. God, Man, Darksiders cool is, is such that? a cool game. That's, that's pretty rad. Actually, I really want to play that game now. But, but what, like, what we're doing is we're giving yeah. them like a version of this like Rune Factory Harvest Moon style game where like your bonds and your money and your crops all grow super duper fast and super duper quick. So you're given like this constant stream of like serotonin boosts but also you're uh-huh. understanding the mechanics in a way that you're pl- that are planting the seeds for the bonds that your character in the rest of the game will have let me this ask l- you something though by doing a sped up version of the game aren't you losing that feeling of like loss mm. though because it no, was if because it's what you're doing time... is you're you're it's still four to five hours worth of gameplay oh and okay, more than okay. anything you're tutorializing what it looks like you're tutorializing uh... what it looks like to build bonds with character with neighbors you're tutorializing what it looks like to grow crops harvest crops plant crops sell crops all the all the actual gameplay loops that we're going to be giving the players we're giving them a super fast sandbox to mm-hmm. learn it all in mm-hmm. in the core game it will take much longer but when you're doing this seed planting part of the game where you're setting the scene for what bonds and how, the outlook that other neighbors will have on you as well as setting the yeah. seeds for the villain of the monster chuck mm-hmm. we're giving mm-hmm. them just constant constant hand holding but super quick and rushing them through it yeah, I see. I like that, but I also want there to be enough time to where you can actually experience arcs with the community around you. Because if you don't get that, I feel you miss out on like the all of the the future conversations with your second generation. That's like, oh yeah, like where people are reminiscing about like their relationship with your grandpa, or they're sitting on it and like we just do like eight set pieces, dog. We do like a fun barbecue set piece. We do like a party set piece. We do a community hall building set piece. It's just like tutorial set piece, tutorial set piece, tutorial set piece. It has to be engage. It has to be something that's immersing though, because I feel at that point, one, the death isn't going to feel as important, and two, the revenge motivation will not be shared between you and the in game person like it has to be something where you both feel like something was taken from you and i feel that level of immersion is gonna make that second part of the game all the more engaging because it'll be like oh fuck this is no longer just me sitting here and doing like my gardening this is me prepping for the end the final like combat between me not a five hour sizzle reel of what this game looks like but instead in a 90 hour grueling adventure of actual farming and then you die and then you start it all over again for the second half of the game you see how that sucks right yeah that sucks but i'm just saying like it has to be a long enough time 
to where it feels substan like feels like everything you've done up to this point is important. Because I'll be honest with you, if I just did that opening thing over the course of an hour, I don't think it would feel all that important. It'll be like, oh, this is just the prologue of a of a game. All the important stuff happens later. It's like, no, this stuff is important, and it is the foundation in which like it makes everything else in the game interesting. Because at the end of the day, you are losing pretty much everything you made during this part. Or actually, you know what? Maybe you don't lose everything the you made. Property stays the same. Like it, it's it's all the renewable things will reset. But like yes. the size of your farm, the the barn, the opinions that people have to you, the quality of the barn. It's all those mm-hmm. things that will still matter when you hit yes. the second. Age. Yes, yes. And then that'll be like the first half of the game, or maybe the first one third of it. That way, it's not like the bulk of the game isn't spent there, but like a good portion of it. And then the final two th- thirds is like the following year. Yeah, I see what you mean. You you want something that bleeds the stakes of me, AJ Hart, and John anti monster truck. Yeah, no, totally. I total. That's exactly what I'm saying. And I feel Don't like worry. you could really. Do I'm that. sure it's super easy and we can find out how to make that work in three minutes and then we can sell that to like naughty dog and god of war and all video games really like we can rack that in we can solve that problem right now i'm certain of it i i I think you and i need to jump into our nug and then figure out what are some boss fights i it's fetch quest fetch quest is our nug okay so let's pick up some boss fights from our patreon discord figure out what are these are some of the bosses that they're going to face in their dungeon i got one this says the player playing the player character and oh fuck you there's a boss where you have to fight each other of so, course like, there's they, a boss where you have to fight yeah. each other now i know what you're thinking which boss would that be why of course it's the it's excalibur everybody wants to, maybe it's all of them maybe when you the dogs get to the end of each thing it's like dogs wanting to be the one that takes it back to king arthur to get like had pats oh. and treats and so like we take a we take a card out of castlevania's book yoink you all do have to fight at the end and then the winner gets to take it back to king arthur and they get Really just had pats and and achievable, and then they get sent on their merry way. I don't think that works because every every one of these dogs operates differently mechanically. Unless you're saying, like, when the dogs separate because we did introduce the idea that depending where the dog when the is dogs in the separate order, it, d- it decides small no 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 when the dogs separate maybe they have smaller versions of all of the abilities like they can still move around obviously and they each have their own sword and a small little gun but obviously when they're separated they are much less powerful so like, i propose this- to you this mm. they only get to shove and they like have to like sumo wrestle each other out of bounds Ah, okay. I don't think that's fun for every boss because, like, let's be real. Like, I think you could have a lot more fun where it's like you're hunting for Excalibur and it's just some like some gar like stone gargoyle like stumbled across this this sword and is like this is mine now. Well, does this have have to to be like the boss or is it like a bonus thing like Castle Crashers? You finish the boss, you get the little reward, and then it's like, all right, as a special little celebration, here's your shove the other one mini game. That's the loading screen. So it's like after you successfully beat a dungeon or do a run of the dungeon and have like whatever you're doing back, it does become this like sumo wrestling shove thing where like maybe some of the terrain is like moving or like the tiles beneath you are starting yeah. to like fall. So I, I love that. If that's like the loading screen before you arrive back, 
um, at the at the round table to give you know King Arthur whatever thing you found. Like that's adorable. I love that. But All right. okay, so but I do think one of the bosses should be um a expanded version of that mini game. So it could be like let's say it's some like some floating dust that basically gets in each one of your nostrils and then bam you need to fight each other. Um or you need to and maybe the dust is going from dog to dog and like you lose control of your character for a little bit until the other two kick the shit out of you and then the dust comes out and goes to another person and then those two people need to kick the shit out of that dog. So like um that's a weird sentence to say. Nobody take that out of context. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you hit me with another boss fight? Who did you pick from? Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That was from Turtle Lover 2244. Okay, this one comes to us from Joe, they, them, uh, the Sand Guardian, Guardian of the Sand. You and I were playing It's Takes Two. Remember the bee boss where it was just like a collection of bees that would form random weapons together? What if yes. you did something like that where it's like you are going into this sand dungeon and it's all like maybe like a buried tomb sort of theme and then you get to the end and it's just basically this mound of sand that can form into different weapons or like different guns and it shoots balls of sand and it's just it's it's a weapon that is constantly changing around you uh, or forming into different things so you basically need to react and you know what would be really fun too as a mechanic that we can do here every time you get hit your corgis are sent flying in opposite directions so you need to like reconvene on each other so it becomes i love this that kind of, being a boss yeah. for the sand one like every time you get hit by the sand boss it like shuffles up the dogs and shuffles up like who has what and then you have to restack oh, based yeah. on who has what rather than like restacking in a convenient order and, and just for qc factor when you guys get when all three dogs get hit they each land in a pile of sand and it becomes this like button smash thing where you see their little legs flailing about above the sand oh, while their cute. heads are stuck in it and they have to basically pop themselves out <laughs> this brings up a question of like what are we imagining the game looking like because i mentioned uh earlier like legend of zelda four swords i love the idea of this being like late pixel art games you know what i mean like late game really? boy advanced look where like I it's pixely but it's all super like it's detailed in a way. It's just pixelated. Uh, Moonlighter is also a good example of what I'm thinking. I was picturing more along the lines of like 2D art, where it's like um, it is a top, like a Hollow Knight. Yeah, kind of like a Hollow Knight, um, but like top down and angled. Like Castle Crashers, you mentioned, was a really good uh, a good example because just like that sort of like flat coloring style, where it's not like no nothing's really intensely shaded. It would definitely make the dogs pop and feel a little bit more iconic. Yeah, yeah, they'd feel like they'd feel like like really cutesy like i i don't know if you've ever i mean i'm i'm sure you have it you know like anytime anybody draws ein from you know cowboy bebop they're drawn in like that cute cartoony look Mm -hmm. um i i guess uh some just some examples like um star versus the forces of evil how i don't know if you've seen any stills from that uh gravity falls like where it's that kind of flat coloring where it's not yeah i see what you mean you want it like a cartoony like 2d sprites in a 3d space i'm into it yeah Yeah. Yeah, okay, just something cool. just I think really cutesy, and I I, I feel like, I, <laughs> and of course when the dogs are facing away from camera, you can see like the little like um like pelt of like the white heart that's on a corgi's butt, which I think is like the most adorable fucking thing. Oh my god, you can like at any time you can bark in the game. There's a button just dedicated to barking. Of course, maybe, there's a bark button. Well, no, actually, building off a of boss fight, maybe there are certain boss fights where you have to bark at one to get its attention. Like there's like one that's like let's just say it's like a giant clam or whatever, or like or it's something behind a shield, and it has you. You have one to bark. To, to you bark have to run it. behind it and bark to startle it, and it'll make it drop its shield, and then you can attack. 
exactly. Yeah, yeah, like Spyro style, dude. Like just hit him in the butt and then just go fu- just go beat on him. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm all over that. That's Fetch Quest. Are you ready for patch notes? I'm ready to go to patch notes. Let's go. Hey, everybody, welcome to Patch Notes. You might have heard us talk about it at some points in the episode, but we do have a YouTube channel where we do Let's Plays. You can see uh, a more visual ver- version of this podcast. No cameras on us, but it's got a neat little waveform on it. Hey, uh, but we're doing two different Let's Plays right now. We're doing It Takes Two and uh, Dead Rising. We are ba- a lot of games that are focused around being parents, huh, AJ? I think we enjoy the idea of working together, building a life together, growing a small thing together. <laughs> And we don't need to unpack that. But if you, the listener, want to listen to Blake and I slowly, slowly learn a completely different form of entertainment, come check it out. The first episodes are rough on both of those, but I think that we're getting better and better every episode. I I mean, regardless of if not, we're getting better or better or whatever, AJ, it's just fun to play those games. And if you guys want to join us um, as we go through games and be shocked by them, laugh at them, uh, actually be horribly shocked by one game. Uh, most recent Let's Play of It Takes Two. I had a bad time. <laughs> Check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash spiritual successor podcast. Or just click the link in the description of this audio file. With that being said, I think we're good to close out the episode. Yeah, Blake? Hell yeah! Well, then I guess I just need to say really quick that our intro and outro song is Cheap Shot by Anna Monaguchi, an excellent song from an excellent band for an excellent game. I have been one of your hosts, AJ Hart. And I have been your other host, Blake Rea. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Spiritual Successor, and these are cool games. That should not be made.